we are discussing the precepts, which Max, now known as Ronin, uh, the masterless samurai, uh, <laughs> has received precepts, uh, and we are uh, making that journey with him. We haven't quite addressed all the precepts, uh, but today we are on the one uh, which reads, do not harbor anger, uh, practice equanimity. Anger is a big one. Uh, there, are, there are lots of uh, synonyms for anger, but there aren't very many for equanimity and <laughs> peace. There's so many ways to describe anger. And by the way, the precept does not read, do not get angry. It reads, do not harbor anger. Very different. Anger is a response, a reaction that you cannot control. So to say, don't get angry, is this is futile. It, it's not worth doing. And, 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 and Buddha never suggested, never taught anything that we can't do. It's, he, it, this is not one of these uh, idealistic uh, practices, uh, which we just find in every, you know, the suggestions is, you know, are just impossible. Um, nothing that Buddha taught uh, is impossible for human beings. It's everything is possible for us. So anger just arises uh, and we can't help it. Harboring anger is another matter entirely. Perhaps one of the reasons anger arises so easily and so um, dramatically is that anger is a way of protecting what we're calling the constructed self or the ego. When the ego feels endangered, by the way, which it always does, because it doesn't exist. It's a complete delusion. It's a construction. It doesn't really exist except as we make it, as we construct it. So it has to constantly be on guard because it may be found out <laughs> that it isn't real. And so it's constantly on guard to protect the delusion that it exists. And so anger is one of those ways that it protects itself. Uh, it puffs up uh, as you know, a cat. When it's afraid, it puffs up. It appears to be angry and dangerous, but it, appears that way because it's scared. 
And I suspect that anger is a secondary infection. The primary, the primary distress is fear. And anger arises out of fear. And ultimately, we might find as we dig deeper that fear relies on ignorance. These are the three poisons in Buddhist practice. Attachment, aversion, and ignorance. So if we understand that our anger is, is a message, it's not something that we try to repress or deny or eliminate because that's impossible, but we can notice it, we can dig under it, and in that way, we can transform it. Not eliminate it, not repress it, but transform it. So I want to give us, I, in our reminder for this week, I entitled it Irritation to Rage. And it's sort of like, you know, you start scratching an itch and things irrit irritating and then it gets more irritating and it doesn't stop itching. And then before you know it, you're bleeding. You're, you're scratching that itch and anger when it arises, it's just a sensation. But as soon as a story clicks in, as soon as, as soon as the thinking mind clicks in, then it becomes suffering. Then it becomes the anger of suffering. So anger as a sensation, I'm angry. Okay, you know, I have my face is red, my heart is beating, my muscles are all tense. And then Michelle reminded me of, uh, and you talked about it being cold in here. When I go to practice at Jikoji in uh, California, it's always cold in the Zendo. Always, they have a, a stove, a wood stove in there, but no matter what, it's always cold. So even before I go on retreat, I'm angry <laughs> because I know it's gonna be cold in there, right? So my anger is immediately attached to a story. There's no, no, uh, no trigger, there's no immediate trigger but the story is it's always cold in Jokoji and the Zendo. And they know it's always cold. Why don't they, why doesn't somebody make a fire in there? I'm paying a lot for this retreat. I'm paying a lot for this retreat. Why is it cold? You know, there's a residential community there. Why don't they take care of this? So this story is, 
the story is going, the story is pumping. And before I even get there and experience the cold, I'm angry. I'm irritated because I know, and it, and it always is the case. <laughs> I arrive there and it's freezing. <laughs> and so I notice, and this is, this, is a, this is the practice of the precepts. I'm noticing, I'm noticing. It's not a practice of judging, judging. It's a practice of noticing, noticing, noticing. As Dogen said, Zen is the study of the self. It's the study of this constructed self. What a fascinating study. You know, you build rockets that go <laughs> everywhere, but we know this is the greatest mystery in the world. You know, this, this thing called I, this, 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 okay? So anger has many forms. And I, I, I want to talk about three forms. Irritation, what we call anger and rage. How many of you have heard my tomato story? Oh, good. <laughs> because it's nice. It's one of the nice things about having a transient Sangha is that I can tell the same story and it's new <laughs> to the new people. I used to belong to a uh, community supported agriculture uh, farm and I would get produce weekly and I'd have to go to the farmer's market and pick up the produce. And one week I went to pick up my produce and the woman behind the counter started putting uh, things in my box, cucumber and a bunch of lettuce and uh, some patty pan squash and then a tomato. And she was putting the tomato in and I noticed that the tomato had a scar on it. It had uh, this little crescent scar on it. And I looked at it and immediately became irritated. <laughs> like, this is, this is not the tomato that I paid for. You know, I, I, I don't want a tomato with a big scar on it. So I told the woman, you can keep that tomato, <laughs> put it back uh, in, in your box. And I was feeling just this sense of irritation. Like I paid big bucks for this subscription and I'm getting this imperfect scarred tomato. And the woman behind the counter looked at me, she picked up the tomato and she said, this tomato is smiling at you. It had this, this crescent <laughs> scar on it. This tomato is smiling at you. Thought, oh, that's nice. You can still put it back. You know, I still don't want it. And then I drove home and that haunted me the rest of the day, that smiling tomato. 
tomato that was smiling at me. Why was I irritated at that tomato? It just was what it was. It was a tomato that had a scar on it. What? Why was I averse? And it was smiling. It was like, you know, you're kind of funny. <laughs> you know, why, why, why didn't you like me? And so that was a moment when I noticed that my irritation was based on an ideal that I was carrying. I didn't see that tomato. I only saw the perfect tomato in my mind. There is no such thing as a perfect tomato. But I expected something and it didn't meet my expectations. And I was irritated. You know, it, was, it wasn't, it was just a mild thing of irritation that I don't like this. I don't, I don't want this. Okay. I suspect that you have a sense of in your own experience, what this might feel like. It's just, this is not what I want. And that's really what anger is ultimately all about. It's not what you want. You're getting something you don't want. You're in a situation that you don't want to be in. You're with a, the person is saying something that you do not want to hear. So it's, it's all about what I want. I want what I want what I when I want it. <laughs> and you're not going to get what you want when you want it. And so the anger, the irritation, you're not accepting what is. You want something else. I have a magnificent teacher. Her name is Momio. <laughs> Momio is in her adolescent phase and she is constantly doing things that I do not want her to do. Constantly. And I find myself getting angry. We talked about good girl, bad girl. Mostly it's bad girl, bad girl, bad girl, bad girl. And I notice that this kind of goes right by Momia. <laughs> you know, it's like, I am really angry with you. Stop, stop. Shredding the toilet paper rolls. <laughs> it's just like not registering with Momio. It's just not. It's like my anger is just like she is in the moment. It doesn't matter. I can say to her, this is the sixth toilet paper roll. You have destroyed. 
does that register with her? No, it's me. It's my story about you did this and you did that and you did that and you don't stop doing that. It's all in my head. She is like, oh, where's the next role? It's completely, <laughs> completely going by her. So in a sense, it just occurred to me, I've had to do what I tell her to do, which is just drop it. Drop it. I have to drop my anger because it's not sticking. It's not sticking. It's, it's not what I want. She's just being an adolescent puppy and it's not what I want. And my anger is not doing any good. I mean, it's not getting me what I want. She's just continuing to be who she is. So I've had again and again to just drop it. As soon as I start with the story, you keep doing this. When are you going to stop doing this? What else should I do? You know, to to how can I punish you? I have to drop it, drop it, drop it. After anger, rage. So I don't think that I have ever experienced rage. But then I consider what rage is. And it occurs to me that if I did experience rage, I probably wouldn't remember it that clearly because rage is blind. Rage is mindless. It, I had, I was watching a, a documentary on murderers. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but there was this one fellow, and it, this is a, a constant refrain in, <coughs> I notice in um, people who murder particularly mass murder, which arises out of rage. This person did not, he, he stabbed uh, the grandparents of his adopted parents again and again and again and again. And he didn't remember, he didn't remember any of it. The rage was so powerful and the source of the rage was repressed anger over many, many years of abuse. He was an abused child and, and abused as an adult. And that anger was repressed, repressed and repressed. And it just, it just um, crashed through in, in rage, in, in mindless violence. And so um, I have experienced 
an emotional state that is as powerful as rage. And it, it occurred, it occurred many times in a Rinzai temple, Rinzai practice, um, Rinzai Zen. And at the beginning of every practice period, we're not, we're not in the Rinzai tradition, we're in the Soto tradition, but for many years I practiced in Rinzai tradition. And at the beginning of practice, we would uh, recite what's called the Kanzeon, which is um, a chant in praise of Buddha. And at the end of the chant, we would, I guess it's called a scream or a, a yell or burst out with the, the, the word mu, which in Japanese means nothing, emptiness, mu. So, okay, get ready for this. So we would chant kanzeon, namu, bozio. And, and at the end, everybody three times would chant, mu! And it was just the the zendo would just like raise up off the ground. This is like, can you imagine all of us? Maybe we should try it. (laughs) I will put that. (laughs) But it'd be fun to try. But that, um, that wasn't rage, but that was what rage can become when you basically, for me, it was, um, it was letting go of the ego. It was like chasing it out. It was like, no, <laughs> no, it's like empty. Empty, emptiness. (laughs) And that's what it took to get rid of it for at least a moment, (laughs) a moment. Uh, This uh, energy in Zen is called bodhicitta. Bodhicitta, the energy of practice. And for, you know, for us, in Soto Zen, it's it's a lot, as I've been saying, gentler. But in Rinzai and in Soto in its own way, it's powerful, powerful energy. And so we take this energy of rage, which is ultimately fear and ultimately distress and just release it um, in way-seeking mind, you know, in, in our determination to be free. It's like, move, it's free of, of this, constru- this, this imprisonment by my constructed self.
So I want to go back to, uh, I guess Shulong isn't here today, but she's, she gave me a very powerful teaching and she didn't even realize it. Um, she talked about this fight that she had with her boyfriend. And she said she was angry. She really felt angry, but she was also not angry simultaneously. She was angry and not angry. So our practice is to be angry and not angry simultaneously. We can register anger, but we can access the one who is not angry simultaneously. There is the person who is not angry along with the person who is angry. There is a person who is not afraid with the person who is afraid. I am afraid and I'm also not afraid. And our practice is to access that person call that person Buddha, the person who is not afraid, the person who is not angry, the person who is not jealous, the person who is not envious, the person who is not consumed by these poisons, these hindrances to our freedom. Sometimes we talk about the person who isn't busy. There's a person who isn't busy. There is a person who isn't angry. And our practice is to access that person. And that's what we're here together, to help each other, to help each other access the person who isn't afraid, who isn't angry, who isn't fearful, who isn't jealous, who isn't anxious. That person who is full of life and joy. We're here, that's what we're here to help each other do. Thank you. So please return to your cushions and tidy up. And then stand in preparation for 